welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I am your host, Lupna, and I am flying solo. The Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi-adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding and we have an amazing guest for you today i'm here to welcome helen adams helen is a sushi adoring entrepreneur of course but also the leader of the female business revolution a mindset and business coach, a speaker, and an international best-selling co-author. She works with female 40 printers, I love the word, who want to tap into their intuition and create the income they want with more ease, fun, and flow. Those words sing to me. She's on a mission to help one million female entrepreneurs reach financial freedom so that they can live life on their terms and create the impact they came here to make. Helen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lubna. It's lovely to have you here. And hi to all the viewers. Lovely for you to be watching me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we also have Woon joining us. Welcome, Woon. Hi, Hi, sorry, I just joined... (laughs) you're here now so Helen you're here you're here you're here Helen yes are you ready for one of the most important questions of our podcast Mm -hmm. yeah what's your favorite sushi and why salmon sashimi I could eat it eat it eat it till it's coming out of my ears I first fell in love with it in the Trafford Center I think it was about 2005 and we had a romance ever since. And um, I can't wait to get back there this week to continue that romance because I've been missing my salmon sashimi like crazy, baby. Well, you've got a fan with Woon here, who's also a salmon fan. Yeah, great. Yeah, Mine's Woon. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Yes, it is my favourite. Brilliant. Awesome. Yeah. I have to ask, Helen, you actually call it a romance. Yeah. I just felt, as soon as I bit into it, I just fell in love, Lugna. There's no other words to say. It was just, I was just gone. I was just smitten. Oh, gosh. You are the very first guest we've ever had on our podcast that actually calls her love for sushi a romance. Not even I do that. Wow. It just came out. It just must have been inside, just that natural thing. So where did it all start, this romance? It all started in the Trafford Centre, just about a five-minute drive away from my home. And um, I walked past there one day, saw all these little things going round and round, and I thought, hmm, that looks interesting. I've got to try that. And then I saw some salmon going, so I hand out, there you go, and then... That was it then. There was Sambi was calling my name and the soy sauce. So I mixed them together and had a little romance of their own. And then it just um, made a nice threesome with the salmon. They all got on really well together. And that was that then. So there was no turning back after that. Oh, I love that. So when was this first date with your romance salmon? 
This was way back in 2005. So we've had a very long relationship. Well, that's a proper relationship. But what made you even try sushi? I mean, most of our, our guests have shared that they had something around who eats raw fish and they yeah. really needed to get over that hump. But what made you walk by and think, I'm going to try it? Don't know. I'm going to try it. Yeah, well, I just saw that. I mean, there weren't one or two people there. It was practically full. So I thought, this stuff must be good. If it's really as bad as they say, there won't be all those people sat there eating it. So I thought, right, here we go. And then that was it. Oh, my God. I just love that. Your very first date. I love it. Yeah. I really love it, Helen. Mm. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh. Yeah, it is. I mean, I love this analogy of a romance. I mean, this is proper sushi passion. This oh, is yeah. proper sushi passion, I have to say. Definitely. You can't beat it. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, Helen, another one of our very important questions is, if you, because the purpose of our podcast is to give our listeners insight into the personality and character and passion if you will of our guests so we tend to ask the question if you your character were a sushi what would the ingredients be and why oh interesting so i would there'd probably be a lot of wasabi in there Ooh, here we go girl point ding, 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 ding. yeah because it's that sassiness. Wasabi is like the badass of the bunch, isn't it? It's the one that puts the hairs on your chest. It's the one that gets up your nose. And you think, right, if you have a bit of wasabi in there, you don't mess with this. This is you. So whatever dish it was, it would have that in there, definitely. And I think a bit of ginger as well to sort of augment the spice a little bit more. Okay, but let's break this down. Is it a roll? Is it a nigiri? Or is it a hand roll? What's the type? I would say a hand roll, only because I'm thinking of the shape. I like the shape of a hand yeah. roll. That's yeah. the reason why going for that shape and those ingredients in there, that would okay. be top class. Awesome. So we've got the nori and we've yeah. got the rice because there has to be rice in sushi. Yeah. So what else? You already shared some wasabi. What's another ingredient in there? What else would go in there? Wow. What's the green? There's something else green as well, isn't there? There's avocado. Yeah, avocado. Perfect. Okay. But what does the avocado represent when we want to give insight into your personality? What does it say? I mean, the wasabi is the punch. Yeah, the banda. I suppose the avocado is a bit more smooth because you have the smooth, the flow. When you taste it, it just flows. And, you know, it's nice. It's a green colour. You think about something, you know, that's natural, etc. So I think that's where the link would come there. Okay. What else? Because now we have the nori, the rice, the avocado, the wasabi. Is there another ingredient or is that it? I think that's it. No salmon? Oh, aye, aye, aye. How can you forget your romance, Helen? My brains are not with it today. No, no salmon is, salmon's the main, Matt, salmon's the main thing, isn't it? That's the main, that's got to be the top of the bunch with everything else going around it 
Awesome, awesome. We know that you love humor. What's an ingredient that represents humor in your sushi? Humor. Um, I suppose it'd be a bit of ginger. Okay. Because <laughs> spicy humor. I like to <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and one of the things in your introduction and that I know about you is you like to have ease, fun, and flow, which are also important characteristics. Now, we've spoken about the flow. We've spoken about the fun from the human perspective. Yeah. What is an ingredient that represents ease for you? I'd say the soy sauce goes on nice and easily on the top, just mixes with everything well, and it's inoffensive. Ha! Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. It's inoffensive. Elaborate on that, Helen. Yeah, well, it's not like you were sat. It doesn't put airs on your chest. It hasn't got that sort of nasty, I wouldn't say nasty, but you know that sort of strong element. It's not got that strong, punchy element. It's just taste. Now, even if you just, sorry, this sounds a bit disgusting, but even if you just put a little bit of soy sauce in a bowl and just licked it, I mean, you wouldn't be running to the toilet or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that making no. sense? Though? Do you get where I'm coming from? No, no. You are making so total sense. I mean, wasabi is for it's not for the faint of hearted. Even no. if you have a little bit, you yeah. will still notice you are having wasabi. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so yeah. it's for the courageous people yeah, amongst definitely. ourselves who mm. lacks the dare, who who are adventurous by nature. So I love that. And yeah. the salmon is a very good base yeah. for that, especially in combination with the avocado and mm-hmm. the soy sauce. It really balances it out. So I yeah. can see how ease, fun, flow, humor, but also the punchiness of, I'm going to tell you like it is, from yeah. what was That's perfect. You've summed it up well there, love. That's 100% that and all the things balancing together too. Yeah, I like that. In a beautiful comb. Yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Helen, let's yeah. jump into what you do because you use a word I have not seen before. Your audience are 40 paners. Yeah, I don't think anybody else uses that word. I think that's one of my originals. So a 40 printer means, well, it can be a male entrepreneur as well, but I say female 40 printers. So it's female entrepreneurs in their 40s. So the midlife, but so they've had a little bit of going through and now they're at the midlife stage of their career. So they're the ones that I work with. And what I do mainly with them is when they've got money blocks, I help them to smash those blocks and get that, in your terms, it'd be get that wasabi relationship with money back, that kick-ass relationship. Why is that important, Helen? Because in the world that we live in, we need that money. And if more and more money is in the hands of these women, these women can not only just, you know, raise their vibe by living life on their own terms, but they can also use their money to make that greater impact in the world. So if they've got these big missions and they've got more money, they're far more likely to achieve them and make those changes. Hmm, interesting. Why is this important to you? But you could be doing anything. Yeah, I suppose it's my own journey. And, you know, after a while, we find our purpose. It took me until midlife to find mine. I was just bumbling along 
I thought I knew what I wanted, but it wasn't that really strong feeling. And then all of a sudden, um, after certain things that had happened in my life, I got this feeling that, yeah, I'm supposed to be working with women to really get them to where they need to be and, you know, to open them right up to their full potential because that's something I never did up until that point. I'd always lived my life according to how other people wanted me to be. And all that time, there were moments in my life where I had those, you know, little nudges from my soul and I didn't listen to them 100%. So all the way through, I was getting this push-pull and every time I was like in that element, in that element of being my soul, things were going well. And then I'd listen to things from what my mum and dad had told me way back. And, you know, I'd go back. And the problem is a lot of people with their mum and dad, they always think mum and dad are the first people you trust. So what they're saying must be right. And a little part of you thinks, even though that's what my soul is saying, it's not what mum and dad said. So perhaps I am wrong after all. And that's what held me back. And I think there's a lot of people out there that might have the same experience and that would be holding them back too. So my big thing is to make sure that that doesn't happen to them. And if I can help them do that, then that's part of my purpose fulfilled. I love that. And I can imagine someone listening and thinking, but how do I know I have a money block? Right. So there's a number of different things. So first of all, the obvious one is, have a look in your bank. What's coming into your bank? Are you getting what you want to? Now, if you're not, then something's wrong. Another thing could be when they're just about to sell, they get frightened. Or when they're just about to sell, something will happen before the appointment. So subconsciously, they'll put that out there. And um, they may be going to sign like a, a £10,000 client. And then just on the morning, they'll get a phone call. Oh, I'm sorry, can't make that appointment today. Something's come up. I'll get in touch. And then the thing is, what will happen is they'll see a pattern of that going on over and over and over again. And that should make them realise then, yeah, you have got a money block. Because during that time, they'll start feeling frustrated as well. They won't like think, oh, it's just another thing and carry on with it. They'll start thinking, hey, what's going on here? So then they'll start opening their eyes and realising something is wrong. Yeah, so if I understood you correctly, it's those situations where you're sabotaging yourself when Mm. receiving money or asking for money. And you do that on a consistent basis because you have some form of sensation. It could be different for different people, I guess. But you hold yourself back. And if you're a corporate professional listening to this, it might be asking for that promotion or a bonus. And if you're an entrepreneur, the audience that you target, Mm -hmm. it could be asking your worth, asking a fee and making that in alignment with your worth. It could be having a sales conversation. Are those the type of things that you're talking about, Helen? Yeah, exactly, Lubna. And what happens is when you drill down and you find out what's wrong, it's always one of two things. First thing could be, I'm not worth it. And then the second thing is, I'll be rejected. So if I go for it, if I dare, if I do those things, if I ask for the rise, if I ask for the promotion, everybody around me will be like, oh, who's this? You know, and you won't be part of the group anymore. You'll be alienated. A lot of people 
they haven't got that strength in the first instance to think, right, okay, I'm going to stand out. I want this. They want to be part of the group. So that's what holds them back. And even sometimes in family situations as well, you know, a lot of women, it's really weird. I come across these women and, um, you know, they say, oh, my husband wouldn't like that. If I'm earning more money than him, he wouldn't like that. And there's even some of them who are just starting off in business. They've not even got their own bank account. They've got a joint account with their husband. And that's not the way to be. It's nothing to do with being against the husband. But at the end of the day, those women have got to start with independence if they really want to make their businesses work and grow and thrive. But it's all down to those two things, not being loved or not being enough. Why do you think this is so common? I think a lot of it, a lot of it, well, I'd say practically all of it is down to the way that people have been conditioned Because think about, especially from the ages of naught to seven, that's when a child is most vulnerable. And children are picking things up off their parents. If they're not seeing a good example, if they're seeing like daddy coming home and controlling all the money and mummy having to ask daddy for money, they're not going to have a good impression of money. And, you know, even things about work, like mummy will come home early, daddy will be working all night. So... They always think, oh, daddy's the one with the money. Mummy can't do that. And all these little things, they'll start picking up. And then as far as the things about not being worthy are concerned, they might get a lot of that at home or they might get it at school. I mean, I remember a teacher saying to me in front of a whole classroom of girls, Ellen Adams is rubbish at art. I mean, it was true, but, you know, the way that she said it, and I felt that small. And, you know, maybe it's not so bad now, but in our age, when we were growing up, Teachers did a lot of damage to kids with the things that they said. So all that will have gone in. And if you don't realise that it's in there consciously, it's going round and round and you're repeating that pattern and you have to let it go. Interesting. Mm. I love that what you shared is it's not necessarily only what your caregivers, uh, your parents or whoever was there for the very first seven years of your life, what they say... It's also what they do, so what yeah. children observe in terms mm-hmm. of behaviour. Yeah, because everything goes... It's like they've got a filtering system in the subconscious mind, so it's not properly developed, so everything goes in. Yeah. On a positive note, we had Father Christmas, so that was a positive thing of a filter going in, but too many negative things like, you know, family life maybe not going right, being told, oh, you're not good, you're not worthy... People of our families don't do this kind of thing, etc. And it all sinks in and it all gets worse and worse and worse until you become conscious of it and let it go, which is what I teach them to do as part of my coaching. I'm really curious. So what got you focusing on this challenge, this issue? A lot of it was my own experience and the way that, you know, I'd never because I realised that that was the thing that was happening to me and I didn't want it to happen to other people, especially not other women who have so much to give. I so love it's your it. personal journey, yeah, I love it. Mm. So, last question, Helen. Yeah. So someone that's listening, and I know that I would love to hear the answer, is thinking, well, what can I do? If I'm not ready to reach out to you for help, what can I do 
What are some of your tips that you could share with our audience? Right. I will give you a really good... <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll tell them a really good tip, though. a real one now. So what they can do is, you know, buy themselves an exercise book and pen and sit down and do some journaling. So the first question they should ask themselves is... Where's this belief come from? Why do I think I'm no good? And then keep asking questions. So that who gave me that belief? When did I choose that belief? And if they can remember the very first time that that happened, and if they can go back in that situation and look at it from an outsider and say, okay, this happened, but what was I supposed to learn? And then take that away from it and release all the emotion that went with it. I'll do two things. First of all, it'll give them an energy release. They'll feel like a big weight's been lifted off their shoulders. Yeah. But then they'll be able to move on because they'll have let that go and um, it won't be disturbing them anymore. So, yeah, get the journal out. That'd be my main tip. And if things are still wrong, then please do contact me because I can help. You don't have to sit there worrying about it for days you can come and talk to me we can work together and we can turn that around awesome so helen if someone wants to reach out to you because they are seeking help where can they connect with you the best place then lubner it's on my link tree because all the link tree links are on there so it's link tr dot e forward slash Helen Louise Adams, and you can get all my links there, my one-to-one, my group program, and everything that they need so they can choose what they want. Awesome. We'll make sure that we add that link to the show notes with this episode. Woo! Any parting words? Never give up. Always listen to your soul. Don't listen to what other people are telling you. If you know on your inside that's the right thing to do, even if you're the only one, then go for it, do it and smash it. Thank you very much, Helen. That was so cool. I mean, it's so cool to have someone who has a romantic relationship with salmon sushi. I think that's oh, a yeah. cool one. Thanks, Bonnie. You've reminded me. I've got to go down there again before the end of the week. Mm-hmm.